Welcome to First 15, where you give the first 15 minutes of the day to God and commit yourself to respond to His Word in a personal way. My name is Ron, and I'll be your guide in this journey. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes, and consider sharing it with a friend. Today we turn toward the end of the Bible for a word from James 4. As you do every day, you'll start by listening to God's Word, engage with it, and reflect on it on a personal level. Then pray your response back to God. The whole point of these first few minutes is to go live out God's truth beyond the first 15 minutes in the rest of your life. The process is explained more fully in episode 1, and you can download it at podcast.wordofprayer.com and listen to the whole practice that we're using. You can also get a help sheet there that you can keep close or tuck into your Bible for ready reference. In that first episode, I gave a demonstration from Psalm 1. We've been using all kinds of scripture to show how this process can work, regardless of what part of the Bible you're reading. James is a very practical letter that teaches us more about the way of wisdom. I've been helped a lot by the practical passages that focus on our attitude when we're under trials or how to deal with sin and temptation, our attitude toward wealth and money, the relationship between faith and works, or getting angry in our speech habits. In some ways, the very practical nature of James, and in fact the other parts of Scripture, like Proverbs or the letters of the New Testament, present a small problem. Because they are so practical, we often jump to the application before thinking about it and meditating a little about what is the most appropriate response. We'll try not to do that today as we look at a short section at the end of James 4. James 4, verses 13 through 16. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, let's go into this city and spend a year there. Carry on trade and make a profit. You don't know what your life will be like tomorrow or what the true length of your life is. For you are morning fog that appears briefly and then is gone. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live, and we will do this or that. Right now you boast proudly of what you will do. All such boasting is evil. Anyone knowing the good they ought to do and not doing it, to them it is sin. All right, so you see how clear and applicable that is to us, don't you? Well, let's just do it. Not so fast. Earlier, James told us to be quick to listen, but a little more thoughtful about how we take action. And that's part of the problem with praying these very practical parts of Scripture. We tend to take mental shortcuts. I'll give an example. Maybe you've heard the saying, Money is the root of all evil. I thought that when I was young, and I believed it was what the Bible teaches. It doesn't. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 actually says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now that's a little different, isn't it? 
instead of an absolute statement that money is the root of all evil, Scripture actually teaches us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so, back to James 4. He appears to teach us not to make plans, or perhaps not to set our hearts on financial gain, since it's all in God's hands anyway. I encourage you to read all of James 4 to get the context. The 12 verses that come before these that we've just heard give us some important teaching. And I'm going to focus your attention on James chapter 4, verse 6, where he quotes scripture from the Old Testament. And he wants his readers to hear God's word for them. So in James 4, 6, he says, That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He's quoting from Proverbs 3, verse 34. And in the midst of a section, I've mentioned these 12 verses that actually deal with a variety of topics. The theme that pulls them together is this whole idea about humble yourself before God. Don't be proud. Don't be boastful. Don't claim that you are self-sufficient. The bigger problem that James is addressing in his letter is the heart attitude. Whether that would be letting anger get the upper hand too often, being careless with how we speak, showing favoritism to the rich and disrespecting the poor, or placing too much confidence in our plans and edging God out of the picture. So, coming back to James 4, 13 to 16, is planning the problem? I don't think so. Now, verse 13 says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow let's go into this city and spend a year there, carry on trade, and we'll make a profit. The problem isn't really planning per se. I mean, I've taught goal setting and business planning for many years, and that's a really valuable practice. Business leaders tell me, we certainly need to be planning because it's not a good uh, thing to just kind of wing it or uh, be in a reactive mode, just dealing with whatever comes up or whatever happens. That's that's not smart. In the long term, that's not the way to, to win. I think James is teaching us that the problem that arises is found um, somewhere else, not in planning itself. And in verses 14 and 15, he gives us a pretty clear clue. He tells us, first of all, you don't know what your life will be like tomorrow or what the true length of your life is. Because really, you're like the morning fog and you're just here for a short time and then you're gone. He goes on to say, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. As Christians, we can plan. I think we should plan. We just shouldn't do it with a presumptive attitude or be so wedded to our plans that we miss God's bigger plan. A good example of this I can think of, even from Scripture, is Moses truly wanted to take God's people into the Promised Land. And um, I imagine he even had a plan for that. 
God stepped in and said, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. Moses, you're not the one who's going to do this. Um, I do want my people to go into the promised land, but it's not about you, Moses. It's time to pass the mantle of leadership or this responsibility to someone else, to Joshua. And so the mission remained the same, but the person who was there to fulfill it changed. And it's much the same whenever we make plans in life. We can dream big dreams uh, for what we want to accomplish and make plans to see those happen. But we also need to have some contingencies or some, uh, you know, some, some alternatives because things happen, things come up. Um, even things happen to us. And so who's going to carry on our dream beyond us? That's something that wise leaders take care of and look out for. The heart attitude, though, coming back to James's point, is really a, a key point here. See, there's a, there's a couple problems that James addresses. He says, first of all, God is the one really in control, not the planner, not us on a human level trying to make our plans. God is the one who determines how long we live and also whether the plans that we make are going to ultimately succeed or fail. That's humbling, and it's meant to humble us. Some people I know have even taken offense at that whole idea or just reject it. You know, the attitude is, here's my plan, this is what I'm going to do, and then if it is to be, it is up to me. And it'd be nice if God blessed it, but uh, it ultimately it's up to me. Well, James says, no, you can make your plans, but ultimately it's God who decides what is going to succeed in the end. God is the one who's in control. The other part of the truth is that boasting of what we will do apart from God is simply evil. I mean, he said as much in verse 15. And so that boasting that uh, finds our own sufficiency within ourselves instead of looking to God, we just need to call it what it is. That's, that's leading us down the wrong path. That's evil. That's working outside of God's great intention and desire. The application of today's reading turns out to be something quite different from what we first thought or expected. We have to engage with what God is saying and let Him speak to our hearts and not just reinforce what we want to hear or think is the truth. Join with me in praying these words from James 4 back to God. God, forgive me for the attitude that runs ahead of you or leaves you out of the picture altogether. I exist because of you. In you I live and move and have my being. You know the length of my days. You are the source of everything good in my life. God, let your will be done. Extend your kingdom in a fuller measure today and use me however you will in that effort. 
whatever good that I can do today, give me the strength and the will to do it, to see it through. For your glory, in your name. Amen. You've listened to God's word. You've engaged with it. You've prayed its truth back to him. And now the fourth step of the process is to live it out or apply it to your life. For today, I want to encourage you to do some planning in a prayerful spirit and ask God to use you to do more through you this year. Set some goals that are not expressions of ego or or just to satisfy the flesh, but which express a deep faith in God to do mighty things this year. It's okay to spend an extra day on this. In fact, we're going into the weekend. Spend some time thinking about what is it you want to accomplish this year working with God, working under His control, knowing that the ultimate success or failure of your plans lie in his hands. In fact, the length of your days, your very life is in his hands. But let God speak to you in your dreaming and make it your ongoing prayer throughout the day. Thanks for listening and giving your first 15 to God. Today's episode is brought to you by Learning to Pray for the Psalms e-course, which you can find on wordofprayer.com or link to in the show notes. Until next time, keep listening to God's Word.